This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, Buffnutters. It is Tuesday, January 4th, 2020. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Buffnuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Tuesday, that can mean only one thing. It's gray and crappy in the Gem City, and Dwayne Long is here to join us. Dwayne, it was a late night. We saw Ohio native Joe Burrow crown arguably the greatest season in college football history. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm... Uh... <laughs> I'm a, I gotta say I'm a bit astounded. As as many times as I've seen uh, Joe Burrow this this year in particular, I watched him last year too. I mean, uh, there's one name that comes to mind when I watch this kid play the game, Joe Montana, and, uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, I see a kid that's he's uh, he's not big, but he's big enough. He's not fast, but he's fast enough. Doesn't have a big arm, but he's got a big enough arm. And then he's got this vision and this accuracy and this ability to see the field. He's just hard to deal with. I mean, he makes great decisions, and he puts the ball where it needs to be. He finds the right guy and, uh, you know, hits him between the eyes with the ball. You know, it's it's just phenomenal to watch him play, and that's what he reminds me of. You know, just not the most physically gifted, but physically gifted enough. Montana was that way, got around, moved around, um, hurt you with his feet sometimes, and and that's what I see with Joe Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's a a great comparison. For those who are around my age, pushing 50, good Lord, Joe Montana is the gold standard, I think. Until Brady, it was kind of accepted that Montana was the best quarterback. And I think it's hard to argue with what you're saying. When you look back at Burrow's season, Dane Brugler said this, he never struggled, ever. Go back and look at it. He never struggled the whole season. I don't know if I've ever seen someone have a better stretch of games in terms of I just I don't remember I don't I do not remember him making a mistake. I mean, if you look at his numbers from last night, thirty-one of forty-nine, four sixty-three, five touchdowns, no picks. That wasn't even an above-average game for him. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was under fifty percent passing, a QBR of thirty-eight point one. I'll tell you something funny. I listen to a Washington radio station when I wake up, and this morning they were discussing what happens if Cincinnati takes Chase Young and they have to decide between Joe Burrow. We're sticking with Dwayne Haskins. So the perspective from an Ohioan is different than everyone else, but it's definitely interesting. What is your vibe on Ohio State now, having seen Clemson go in there and take a punch? Uh, Yes, we're going to drop into hypotheticals here. 
How do you think Ohio State would have fared against LSU? Far better. Regardless of how good Joe Burrow looked, I don't know his name. It doesn't matter because Buckeye fans wouldn't know it anyway. Number eight for Clemson brought a whole new meaning to the word toast. He got Carroll so badly. He got burnt. He gave up two touchdown passes and at least three other big plays, one in a running game with an absolutely awful effort on a guy that was about yep. to make about a 25-yard run. He was just terrible. I don't. I know he wasn't playing against uh, number one, which, uh, who was really an excellent receiver. Uh, uh, the second half, I don't know if I remember seeing him on the field. He was terrible. Our cornerbacks would have done such a better job uh, against the LSU uh, receivers. They they put number one uh, on number one, and he still burnt him. Our receiver, our cornerbacks are going. One is going at least top ten, if not top five, and the other one, it's going to be a surprise to everyone if he drops out of the first round. We would have done much better. I think we could have uh, gotten more pressure on him, even though Clemson did a pretty good job. It's that Burrow gets away. He he stays calm, and you never see this kid rattled. Uh, his feathers are never ruffled, and he just com- continues to make plays, whether it's with his arm or with his feet. He doesn't make mistakes, doesn't make bad decisions, but I still think, we do a better job against them. I also think um, with our running game, we could have – one of the things would have been uh, – I don't need to tell you this, Dan. you got a guy like that, you keep him on the sideline. That's where you want him. We would have run the ball better, uh, worked yeah. more clock, gave him less possessions. Those are the two things I was going to mention. I do think Ohio State proved they could run the ball on any football team in America, not playing in the NFL, and they could probably do it against a few of them. Secondly, without question, the most overrated and poorly done job by all the media heading into this playoff was the discussion of Clemson's receivers versus everybody else. That was supposed to be the mountain no one could climb. I thought Ohio State's defensive backs thoroughly outplayed them, and I wasn't that impressed with Clemson's receivers last night. So I would have taken the attack Ohio State had in the air and LSU's in the air, obviously. I will say this. The scheme LSU used was brilliant. It's, I, I did feel like he had somewhere to go almost at all times. I'm not sure I've seen an offense more connected than the LSU offense was. They were very smooth. Everybody was on the same page. A lot of chaos in there, yet the receivers seemed to be on point with Burrow at all times. Just a very impressive effort. Wish Joe the best of luck. He will be moving right here near the gym cities. We give Joe kudos. Shocker, he's from Ohio. When we come back, talk a little crude. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. You speak. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, Dwayne, in the past week since you were on last, Ohio State added Donovan Jackson, the number one rated offensive guard in the class of 2021 from Episcopal High School in Bel Air, Texas, just outside Houston. 
This is a big, strong human being. He looks like a future pro. Your impressions of Jackson and then kind of how he fits into the whole recruiting of the offensive line in 2021. Well, I, I think that the big mistake is locking him in at guard. Uh, I mentioned this last week. You know, you you want height mostly because it translates into length, and that's you want long guys out on the edges, whether on defense at, at end or or uh, tackle on offense. You want them long, and like I said, your height is usually a good indicator of length, and that's just not the case with with uh, Jackson. He's he's uh, he's a long arm kid. He's you know, and if you've got to only have one, you'd rather have length than height. And he's long enough to be a tackle, and he moves. He's just he moves like a tackle. He's just got great athleticism. I mean, this when he runs, he runs. He looks like a a sprinter, just goes. And then when the contact is is about to happen, watch out. There's going to be a real serious collision. Maybe that's another reason why they got him a guard. He is just such a destructive force. He really gets after people. Um, I say that, uh, you know, a lineman liking to play football, you see it in the fact that he likes being destructive. Uh, this kid just goes after people like they own money. So maybe that's another reason why they've got him at a guard. I absolutely believe this kid could play tackle. Uh you know, we want uh, J.C. Latham to be the other side of Ben Christensen. Uh, not ben, what's his kid's name? Chrisman. And, you, ben. you know, we, we got Ben, Ben Chrisman. We've got the uh, looking at Latham as a, a bookend tackle. Uh, we could have him right now with Jackson. This kid is just so – I love watching him. I love watching him play the game. And his athleticism and just his joy at really destroying people, uh, I, I think we got a really special one. Like you said, I think we see we're looking at an NFL uh, football player there. Uh, and overall, I just love that we're really settling down and recruiting tackle bodies, guys that can move. If you got tackles, you got guards, because every tackle can play guard. It's just the other way around. It just doesn't really work out real well. Guards trying to step out the tackle, uh, handle speed on the edge. It just usually doesn't work out well. So uh, I, I think we could be looking at three tackles here because I think we're in really good shape with Latham. Uh, it's it's looking good, especially with the hauls we've had the last two years. We got some great looking kids in this uh, in the uh, in the whack right now. Um, and and look at how important it was, Dan. The inside of our offensive line was, my Lord, these guys were just destroying people. And I think that we can see it again because I think uh, Harry Miller is going to step in probably at guard. I would think that they would let him have a year as an apprentice uh, beside Myers, who's going to be the highest rated center to come off the board in a while, I'm telling you. You just don't see guys like that. Guards are, excuse me, centers are usually smaller guys. They're six two, six three, uh, and more often than not, they're under three hundred pounds. But you got a six five, six six center who gets out to the second level like a much smaller guy, and is he ever destructive? 
So, uh, you know, just plug another guy in there for Jonah Jackson. I believe it's going to be Miller, you know, and start going again. What I love about what you said there's uh, Myers and Wyatt Davis are both known for being like super smart studier types. So you can expect them to be even better next year, which is hard to fathom considering you can make an argument they were the best center-right guard combo in the country this year. They will be the best next year. That should make things a little bit easier on Harry Miller. Last question. Zach Evans, arguably the top running back in the class, has had one of those recruitments that makes everyone a little weary. It's more done on social media and on the message boards than it seems to be done anywhere else. He was signed with Georgia. He's not going there. He's now a free agent. Would you make a play for Zach Evans at running back? I would not. There's just, you know, uh, kids get in trouble. Kids do stupid stuff, and I'm all for that. He just keeps doing it. He keeps doing things that put him on the sports page for the wrong reasons. Uh, I just got a gut feeling that this kid is going to be not just a kid who messed up, but a kid that's a problem child. Punched a coach? He punched a coach, Dan. He he's he refused to give up the cell phone. It's just all this. And then this thing with Georgia, what was that about? You signed a letter of intent next day backed out? It's just... There's just something not right there. Uh, here's the here's the thing though that just keeps grabbing my attention. His film. We this was a bell cow year. You don't see bell cows like you used to. This year, I thought there were three in the country, and he was one of them. He is special, and he's the best of them. As much as I love Dijon Robinson, Evans is even better. Just a just a little bit, but he's he's better. It's very special talent. So, you know, you've got to see where the staff is thinking. Maybe our culture will influence him and get this kid to realize you could be a multimillionaire here in about three years if you get your act together, grow up, and realize you just can't act like this. Uh, if that happens. Wow, uh-huh. if he has that in him to do that, that would be just a topper off a really good class for Ryan Day. Uh, he's a special talent. So, you know, I guess that what I would hope is that we're spending as much time as the NCAA will allow with one player to really get to know this kid, uh, find out anything we can about his, his uh, surroundings, the people around him, because that can have a great impact on uh, on how a kid conducts himself. Uh, get him out of that environment. There's there's a lot of talk about that. I mean, uh, let's let's look at the Glenville kids. Um, Ted Ginn had one driving philosophy: get them out of here, put them in a better situation, and see if they don't thrive. And overwhelmingly, those kids coming out of a bad situation most of the time. They did come down here and uh, and do the right thing. They got themselves together. They moved on into uh, a better situation for themselves. Uh, and maybe this kid can too. It just scares me. I I like what we have in our our running back room. I really think we got good backs. It's not like we have to say, okay, let's see if we can uh, influence this kid and uh, improve our team at the same time. I really like our, our uh, running back room. 
if uh, I can understand why we're going to go after him, and uh, it sounds like things are working that way, but I wouldn't take the chance, no. I think it will be better for our website than it will be for the Buckeyes, so I'm not sure how I feel about it. But at this point in time, Ryan Day has earned the benefit of the doubt. If he thinks he can bring Evans in and get it done, I'm all for it. But we have seen what guys who are great players but of suspect character can do to a locker room, and it's not pretty. It's a big call for Day. I'm not sure it's necessary, but it certainly should make having a website more interesting in the next uh, few months. We appreciate Dwayne stopping by. Have a good one, Buckhunters. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.